Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. I can't believe we have a writer's room with a view of the beach. It's not quite a view of the beach. You have to walk like 20 steps. Okay, a view of the pool, though. Like 10 steps. 10 steps to the view of the pool. I'll take it. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA. I'm back in LA, as a matter of fact, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we're going to talk about being an insulator versus a conductor. We're also going to amplify a fantastic new podcast from Liz's sister-in-law, Olivia. Then in LVS, Liz versus Sarah, we'll debate the advantages and disadvantages of working at a vacation destination. This week's Hollywood hack will help you feel better physically and emotionally. But first, Sarah, we have an update. In episode 212, we talked about four types of people in a writer's room. People who push the boulder up the hill, people who watch other people pushing the (laughs) boulder up the hill, people who sit on the boulder as others push it up the hill, and finally, the people actively pushing the boulder down the hill. And we asked people in other industries if they had an equivalent boulder-pushing situation. (laughs) And Diane had an interesting response. She said, in the Be a Boulder Pusher segment, you asked for feedback from people who found this relevant to their own professional fields. But it seems equally helpful in the context of personal life. The boulder metaphor works if you're trying to lose weight, start a business, save money, or pursue any other personal goal. There are people who will actively help you move forward, people who won't hinder you but won't help either, people who will sit on your boulder by discouraging you or suggesting all the reasons you either shouldn't pursue this goal or are likely to fail, and people who will actively undermine your goal and make the whole undertaking more difficult. This seems like a metaphor with a wide-ranging application that's helpful both for identifying how you want to show up in others' lives and which kinds of people you want to invite into your own. Wow. Well, I mean, how well said. Beautifully said. And it, of course, resonated so deeply with me. You know, I've been, until the pandemic, on this sort of long 
journey of improving my overall health. Yes. And it is so true that there are, you are a person who helps push the boulder up the hill. I try. But there are people who absolutely, and you know who I'm talking about, but I won't say it here, who absolutely like will push the boulder down, push the boulder. And you're like, why are you doing this with my boulder? I'm trying to get healthier. It's so frustrating. Yes, it is. They are just those people who cannot help themselves. Yeah. And it is good, like Diane said, to think about how you want to show up in other people's lives. Yes. If you have a friend in a difficult situation or who's trying to accomplish something, to say, like, all right, I'm going to be the person who helps push the boulder up. Or at least I'm going to stay out of the way. <laughs> it's the it's so important. And then we also got a really interesting response from Celia, She wrote in, the discussion of boulder pushing in episode 212 inspired a further idea that I wanted to share. Some people are boulder polishers. I felt guilty listening to the segment, thinking about all the times I haven't been the one driving my software engineering team to complete new features. Instead, I'm the one going back over the code we've written to make sure it's as perfect as it can be, even if the code already works the way it is. Am I just a useless boulder sitter? But as a programmer, there's a reason I want our code to be good instead of just working. When I double-check everything, I can catch bugs before they cause issues, and if the code is clean and well-organized, we'll be able to easily update it later when we're trying to add a new feature. So I think I'm a boulder polisher. Sure, I have to sit on the boulder to polish it, but when I get rid of all the rough edges, the boulder will be so much easier to roll uphill. A well-polished boulder is much less likely to get stuck on an unexpected snag. My God, I absolutely love this, Celia. Boulder polishers are awesome. This is, we have a fifth category now, Sarah. We're officially adding it. The boulder polisher. And there are those people, like in our context, I think it's the people who come in and like add details to a scene that really make it pop. Yes. And that's what I would call boulder polishing in our context. And that's important. It is. So thank you for that, Celia. What great feedback, everybody. Thank you. Okay, Liz, it's time for From the Treadmill Desks of, where we talk about what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's being an insulator versus being a conductor. Yes, and Sarah, um, this does fall under the category of us uh, tooting our own horn, I must say, which I... (laughs) Don't often like to do, but because we got a great compliment from we'll one untoot of our writers. it in a second, so it's okay. Yeah. yeah, we got a great compliment from Ben, one of the people on the Fantasy Island staff, who's an amazing, brilliant writer. Who he created the Tick when he was sixteen and has not stopped being uh, brilliant since. So, Sarah, we were talking to Ben about the fact that we hoped we weren't sort of bringing our stress. And I'll say hysteria, that's overstating it. But, you know, our stress about the show and all the work to him, because he's working on a two-part episode. It's a big undertaking. And we want him to feel creative, not just the stress that we're feeling about it. Yeah. And he said that he felt that we were very good insulators. This is sort of a framework that I hadn't heard before, insulator versus conductor, that there are people who sort of insulate the people around them from their stress, and there are people who conduct that stress onto the people that they're working with or onto the people in their lives. 
And it was like the best compliment we've ever gotten. Oh, it was because I feel so much like we're conductors. I feel like we're bringing <laughs> our stress into all the, the room and, and, and being like, and we have to do this and we have to do yeah. this. But Ben said he felt like we had sort of left a creative space that was free of the chaos, which is is really the best compliment we could get as showrunners, because, of course, creative space for the writers to, like, think is the most important thing to getting great scripts. It really is. And as you said, we don't feel that way. I think part of why it was so great is that we feel (laughs) the opposite. We feel like just, like... All like one giant conductor that's going to vibrate stress on into the universe. <laughs> yes. Now we all did acknowledge also that Kimberly, our assistant, is more in the feeling we're conductors category. Yes, uh, because she is <laughs> she she sees a lot of it. Yes. But as you said, you and I had never thought about that in those terms before. I don't think we've ever set out to be insulators. We never really thought about it. Yeah. Now that Ben has said that there are two types, you know, the insulator versus the conductor, we will move forward like actively trying to be insulators. Yes. It completely changes our intention, I think. Well, it doesn't change it, but it clarifies. gives us and clarifies, yes, a, a new intention as bosses, which is great. I'm sure all the people who work with us and for us in the future <laughs> will appreciate it. Yes. And again, like so many things we talk about, it also applies, well, first of all, to any job. I mean, you know, there there isn't a job in the world where this wouldn't apply. But again, also to personal lives, because it's like, are you with your family members? Are you insulating them from the stress and chaos in your life? Or are you conducting it? Yeah. No, I was thinking about the time before Fantasy Island got picked up. And we were just working so hard to get the pitch over the line. And I was so stressed. And it was so hard on Violet. Like, I was trying really hard to be an insulator and failing. Mm -hmm. And also, I think kids are so sensitive to just the tiniest little ripple, you know what I mean, of conductivity. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm really not insulating her from how stressful this is. So just thinking of it as insulating versus conducting, I feel like both personally and professionally, I can create that intention and that metaphorical layer. Yes. I also think being a team is helpful in this circumstance, at least for the work part, because you and I have each other to talk to. I don't think we feel a need to insulate. I mean, we're experiencing usually the same thing. So it does help to be able to sort of conduct back and forth to each other and then, you know, hopefully insulate those around us. Absolutely. Yes. We just need to have our loop of conductivity be a a two-person loop. A (laughs) two-person loop. Yes, exactly. What would happen if we tried to insulate each other? I can't even imagine. I think the tops of our heads would blow off and it would not. I don't think it would work. Agree. Because, you know, you you have to let it out. (laughs) Just explode. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, this is just a really interesting thing to think about in your life and in your job. We'd love to hear from our viewers. Are you an insulator or are you a conductor? 
what strategies help you be an insulator? I would love yes. to know that because that is our goal to be ever better insulators. Yes. So please do send us a voice memo or an email to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. And coming up, we're going to amplify my sister-in-law, Olivia's excellent new podcast, The First is Break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah, it is time for our new segment, Amplify, in which we amplify the work of women and people of color. And today, this is very close to home for me because we are amplifying my sister-in-law, Olivia Fierro's new podcast called Olivia's Book Club. So Liz, I remember when she started the book club and it was such a huge deal. And wasn't one of the first people she talked to Neil Patrick Harris? Well, that was something she did as a result of the book club. So let me like tell you about the whole journey because this will be inspiring to others. So my sister-in-law, Olivia, is a uh, morning show host in Phoenix, Arizona. I think I've mentioned it. And on the show, she started a book club because she is a passionate reader. Ever since I've known her, that's sort of one of the main ways I identify her as someone who loves to read. I love this because it shows how just doing what you love can lead to more and more and more. So Olivia always was reading. And then she thought, well, here, we have this morning show. We have a lot of time. I want to do a book club on the morning show. So she got everybody on board and she started a book club. And it just took off in Phoenix in popularity to the point where like her favorite bookstore, they have like a whole section that is just Olivia's book club. And you can go and get the book there and get a discount. And, you know, they do the show tapes discussions with viewers. And so it's just been this great thing. And it's also led to her then being asked to interview authors when they come to Phoenix, because everybody knows her as the book club woman. (laughs) So as you said, she interviewed Neil Patrick Harris and many others, um, but that was a fun one. And then the station said, hey, your your segment is so popular, let's turn it into a podcast. So now Olivia has a podcast and she gets great writers to come on and talk about their books, including Jennifer Weiner, who's like one of my favorite writers just for a million different reasons. In fact, I just yesterday got in the mail her book that summer. (laughs) She loves books. She's a great person to talk to the authors because she's really talking to them as a fan, 
not just as sort of, oh, you know, someone who's just doing it. Right. You can feel how much she loves the books and talking about the books on the podcast. Yes, yes. And I do find we are all looking for book clubs. I mean, it's the (laughs) funniest thing because it seems like there's so many book clubs, and yet I feel like everyone is always looking for book clubs and book recommendations. And Olivia really picks things that are readable and entertaining that you fly through, which I think is great for people who are trying to read more. And we've talked about how amazing her taste is. I mean, multiple times she has called you about a particular book and said, Liz, this should be a TV show. And then like an hour later, it's a TV show. Like she has her finger on the pulse of what is going to hit. She should be a TV producer. I mean, back <laughs> when we did our first show, Women's Murder Club, I may have told the story before on the podcast. Olivia had told me at least three years before, there are these books called Women's Murder Club. They should be a TV show. She was so intense about it that I even bought the book, <laughs> put it by my bed and didn't read it for three years until we got the call about turning it into a show, at which point I said, oh, I have that book. Let me read it on my bedside table. (laughs) And again, with like Leanne Moriarty, uh, she was like, these are the books. You need to turn these books into TV shows. Then comes Big Little Lies. So anyway, yeah, Olivia has her finger on the pulse. So I really recommend everybody check out Olivia's Book Club wherever you enjoy podcasts. So congrats to Olivia. Yay. Okay, Liz, it is time for our LVS segment. We haven't done an LVS in a while. We apparently have been agreeing on too many things. Yes, (laughs) but we found something we vehemently disagree about. (laughs) Yes, we do. Okay, so today we are discussing the advantages and disadvantages of working in a vacation destination. I absolutely cannot stand it. And I love it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so this, and and we were having this discussion almost daily for yes. nine weeks. Yes. So uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that we were in Puerto Rico for a very long time staying at a beach resort, which you'd think would be a fabulous thing. But for me, we, like, having to work at the level of intensity that we've been working while being surrounded by, like, people in bikinis and people drinking <laughs> pina coladas and people in the ocean and people, like, playing volleyball in the pool. I just found it to be absolutely miserable. Whereas I love it <laughs> because, well, one, I really enjoy tropical weather, which you do not. So I that do not. Also, yeah. right there from the get-go, you're in tropical weather and you're not on vacation. Whereas I'm like, well, I'm working, but at least I have this awesome <laughs> tropical weather. Right. And we had the most amazing views out of our rooms. That's true. We were right on the beach looking at beach, palm trees, ocean. And I loved that no matter what we were doing, if I looked out the window, it looked like vacation. I could like, (laughs) I felt like I could trick myself into thinking I was on vacation. Whereas I felt I was being just sort of battered repeatedly with the fact that I was not on vacation. (laughs) Yes. The fact that you're hearing the bachelorette party (laughs) two doors down, like celebrating, um, well, yeah. we were like, now what's the act two break? I was like, uh, too much can joy. We cut another line <laughs> from this scene. But I do think one thing that was really different for the two of us, Sarah, is that you have Violet with you. 
So you were sort of always in some sort of work mode. Right. You were either working on Fantasy Island or you were working as a mom. Whereas when the day was over, even if that was 11 p.m., I could sort of kick back in the hotel room and be like, yeah, I'm on vacation in my mind. Right. (laughs) Um, Whereas you really didn't have that luxury. Yes, there was an element of go, 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 go. And also, of course, when you're staying at a resort, the vacation prices are also no fun. Like Violet would get just like plain pasta with butter and they would charge me the same as like the expensive pasta dish. So literally plain pasta with butter was $22. And you're just like, how can this be? Okay, that that point, Sarah, I'm with you on. It, the <laughs> prices, yes, like it was $6 for a cup of coffee. <laughs> now, I did end up getting a little coffee maker for my room. But yes, the vacation prices, when you're there for a week, it's a lot different from being there paying like room service charges for nine weeks. Yes. Also, you realize how limited menus are at a resort when you're there nine weeks as opposed to a week, you know, where it seems like there's so many options. Right. But it was certainly interesting. I mean, it was interesting to be, you know, Eloise at the plaza. I enjoyed it. I would like if I had my druthers, if we had another show shooting somewhere else, I would also choose a vacation destination. I think what would I do? Well, first of all, it since Violet really was sort of Eloise at the hotel, since she was the kid running around who everyone knew. Like, before we left, she literally oh, yes. had to go to the jumpy thing. They have, like, a, an inflatable thing in the ocean that kids go to. She had to go and say goodbye to everyone who works there because yes. she got to know them all so well. Yes. I think I would at least do the apartment because that is another okay. sort of LVS that we have. I think I would stay in the apartment so at least I could boil pasta and throw butter on it, you know, for the appropriate amount of money, <laughs> not for $22. I get that. I get that. I get that. Well, we'll see what the future holds. Yes, you know. we will. Likely, though, we will be returning to Puerto Rico and experiencing more of this vacation work-life mashup. <laughs> Next up, this week's Hollywood hack comes from Liz, who woke up in the middle of the night and said, I need an Advil. But first, this break. I don't know about you, but we're always looking for ways to get our kids involved and give back in our local community. That's why we're excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local Local community. I would love for Violet to do this program when she's in high school. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, it's also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students. Okay, Sarah, it is time for this week's Hollywood Hack. 
Take Advil and not (laughs) just when you have a headache. Okay. This is something that my sister Gretchen Rubin, who I have the podcast Happier with Gretchen Rubin with, um, has been telling me for years. It's one of her favorite hacks, um, but I never tried it until Uh recently. And then, of course, as soon as I tried it, I was like, this works. I must share this on Happier in Hollywood. (laughs) So explain what happened. Like, because when we were in high school, um, Advil was like my go-to for everything. And my mom was like, you take Advil, stop taking so much, you know, and I was like, oh, you know. But I haven't taken Advil, I have to say, in years. So I think I need to go get some Advil. Yes, you do. So we all know Advil is great for a headache or for cramps or, you know, many things. But my sister always says, take Advil or your, you know, your preferred medication for emotional pain. Uh So if you know something emotionally is going to happen, like, for instance, you just broke up with your boyfriend, take an Advil. It helps. Just one. (laughs) Just one. I took two the other night. So the other night I woke up just stressed. I mean, very, I don't even remember what I was stressed about, Sarah, but I'm sure you are probably laying awake stressed about the same yeah, thing, exactly. whatever it Take was. your pick. <laughs> and um, I just said, I need to take an Advil, not Advil PM, mind you, that's different. This is just regular old Advil. I said, Gretchen has been telling me for 15 years to do this. I'm going to do it tonight. <laughs> I went, I took two Advil, and miraculously, I fell back asleep. And it did, it somehow calmed me. Now, I don't know, maybe it was a placebo effect. Maybe I, in being stressed and upset, like I was all like, my insides were impacted by that. And then the Advil kind of alleviated it and I was able to go to sleep. But I have now realized that over-the-counter medication can help with psychic stress and discomfort and pain. So often psychological and mental pain reaches into our bodies and causes us literal physical pain. It tenses up our muscles. That's what it is. It messes with our stomachs. We get headaches. That's how I felt that way a couple days ago. And I took a Tylenol because I didn't have Advil. Yes. And it did help. Yes. No, you're exactly right. It's because emotional and psychological pain manifests in physical pain. And if you can address it, it will ease then some of this, the other emotional, psychological pain. So that's yeah. my advice. Try it. If you don't want to take Advil or any other over-the-counter medication, you don't have to. It's just I find this is working for me and it might work for others. Nice. All right, and that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed. Thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Do the Thing from Whole30's Melissa Urban. And check out the newest Onward Project podcast, Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Liz Craft and Sarah is at S. Fain. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. 
Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Liz Kraft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job and we enjoy it. Okay. <clears throat> oh, it's me. Ready? Yes. <clears throat> we are rolling. Good, Chuck? Yep. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood. The- I am getting um, no green things in my thing, Chuck. Can you hear me? You have them on my okay. screen. Uh, yeah, oh, good. I can see them. Okay, I By had none. By the way, none. you guys are very doldrums this morning. Oh, we are? Oh. Should I start over? Maybe you should. <laughs> okay. Let me start over. Okay. okay. <clears throat> no, no, Part no, no, of no. it is my voice. Now that I'm back, my allergies or it's like my voice is having problems. Oh, no. Mm. <clears throat> I know. Okay, here we go again. Okay, perky, perky, perky. Right. Perky. Perky. Hi, and welcome. To- oh, sorry. Okay, perky. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier. From the Onward Project.